Hello, everyone. Welcome. My name is Jesse Canone, and this is the Live Pain-Free audio interview series. Today, I'm going to be talking to my friend, Rick. Uh, how do you pronounce the last name again, Rick? I don't want to make butcher it. Caselge. Caselge. I apologize. I've, I've screwed it up so many times, I, I had to ask for help. Um, <laughs> no worries. So we're going to be talking today about shoulder problems, and shoulder issues seem to be very common, just like knee and back pain. And so what I'd like to do um, is talk a little bit about the most common shoulder uh, issues that people experience, you know, what causes them, how, you know, how do you treat them, uh, what's the most effective way of getting rid of those pro- shoulder problems, uh, you know, maybe exercises that people should be doing, exercises that people should be avoiding, and so on. Um, before we kind of jump into that, can you give everybody a little bit of a brief background? You know, how did you get to where you are today? Okay. Uh, so my name is Rick Caselge, and I'm a personal trainer up in Vancouver, Canada, and I kind of specialize in designing exercise programs for people with injuries. That whole passion started a number of years back when I was going through school and I wanted to become a physical therapist, and I did a bunch of, I worked in a variety of physical therapy clinics just helping out, and what I found out was I really liked the injury side of things and the exercise side of things, but I didn't like a lot of the other stuff that physical therapists did. So I ended up kind of focusing on the exercise and injury side of things and helping the physical therapist and other healthcare professionals. So a lot of times, like doctors and chiropractors and physical therapists will have clients and they'll have done some work with them, but now it's time for them to continue on with an exercise program. So I help them with their clients after they're done with them on designing an exercise program to fully take them to fully help them overcome their injury. So I've been doing that for about the last about 14 years, focusing in on that. And I've really started focus. I really kind of have a passion when it comes to the shoulder, and I've just kind of a strong interest in the shoulder and continued. Went back to school and got more. Uh, knowledge and information when it came to the rotator cuff. So now I just pretty much just see clients that have, you know, knee, back, shoulder injuries and help design an exercise program that works for them that they can do uh, in the gym, in the rec center, uh, or even at home. Very cool. And uh, I'm sure you've probably experienced this in all the years that you've been doing it, but and and that is that the exercise program that you create is, I imagine, oftentimes much more effective than the treatment that they're getting from the physical therapist or the doctors that they're working with before they come to see you. I, I would say yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's okay to say it. Be honest. I mean, I, mean, I would say, I, mean, I would say yes. I, I mean, I find the exercise is a key component a lot of times. Uh, with uh, other healthcare professionals, they might provide a, uh, an accurate diagnosis. They might do some treatment when it comes to inflammation and you know improving the movement of certain things, certain joints. But after that, well, I mean, what's needed is you need to increase the strength of that joint. You need to work on the range of motion of that joint. You need to work on the stability of that joint. And a lot of times. It's not really practical to be doing that in a clinical setting because we can't keep going to 
the, the you know the doctor's office and the physical therapy clinic all the time. It's not really realistic. We need to kind of figure out what we can do at home or in the rec center or in the gym that we go to that can kind of help overcome that injury and prevent that injury from ever coming back. Right, and, and I, I like to put it like this: the, the injury came about uh, in large part due to the way you live your life. I don't yeah. want to really say lifestyle because that sounds like, oh, uh, you know, I'm a beach bum. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't really mean lifestyle in that sense, but more of like how you live your life, you know, what activities you do, how active you are. Because a lot of people think that because they're active, that's a good thing, but mm-hmm. they don't realize it. You know, oftentimes the activities that they're doing are creating or worsening existing injuries. Very true. So, um, all right. Well, let's let's get started from the top. I guess what would you say are the most common uh, you know, problems people experience with the shoulder? I mean, I think number one tends to be uh, rotator cuff injury. Number two would be some sort of, like, uh, shoulder impingement. And then number three would be some sort of shoulder instability, so too much movement in the shoulder joint. Those would probably be the top three that I would I would end up seeing. Okay. So let's, let's start with the first one then, a rotator cuff issue. Uh, can you describe, you know, briefly, you know, what what is the rotator cuff for the person who's listening and has, you know, they, maybe they've heard they've heard that terminology before, but they don't know what you know what that means. Okay, so if we look at the shoulder joint, there's there's three groups of muscle that end up helping out. So there is kind of the the superficial muscle. So the muscles that we can see, if we look at our shoulder from the front side and back, we see all those larger muscle groups that are helping move the shoulder. And those muscles, you know, very rarely tend to get injured or weak. Now, the second group of muscles is a lot deeper and closer to the joint, and those are the rotator cuff muscles. So their primary role, in a really simplistic sense, is to kind of keep that shoulder joint together. So they, they, act, they turn on, and they kind of pull that shoulder joint together to hold it nice and tight while you're doing your movements. And then the third muscle group, which is often overlooked and I find um, is the key to overcoming a lot of uh, shoulder injuries, is the uh, scapular stabilization muscles. So, on, so all the muscles around the scapula, because what the scapula ends up doing, it ends up moving when you move your arm in order to give you more range of motion. So if we look at the rotator cuff, what often happens is the muscles that we can see around our shoulder, they are usually not the problem. It's usually the rotator cuffs the problem. And when we use our arms a lot, a lot of times the rotator cuff can be uh, overworked. So, for example, if we, you know, if we're in a poor posture for a long period of time, like if you know from driving for a long period of time or sitting in, at the computer for a long period of time. That doesn't put our shoulder in a nice position. And with it not being in that good position, it puts a fair bit of strain on the rotator cuff. So some people injure that rotator cuff from some sort of fall or hit, but a lot of times it's kind of gradual in nature. It, more and more strain gets put on that rotator cuff, and eventually you can't take it anymore, so you end up having pain. And it ends up affecting the things that you enjoy doing. It affects, you know, every movement that you do when it comes to your shoulder. And a lot of times what people will report is if you put your hand on your shoulder, 
and you kind of, you know, put press on it, especially on the outer part of the shoulder, a lot of times they'll, they'll feel it being sensitive or, or sore. And a lot of times that's a good sign that you've, you know, you've injured your rotator cuff. Right, okay. Yeah, and again, it's, you would say that this is the most or one of the most common issues that people experience with the shoulder. I would say it's the most common issue that people see is uh, some sort of rotator cuff injury. And a lot of times what will end up happening is the rotator cuff will be affected by the, the majority of injuries in the shoulder. Right, okay. So let's say uh, number two you had mentioned uh, when you first uh, rattled off the list was an impingement. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to just throw it out there <laughs> as if I didn't. But um, okay. the muscles of the rotator cuff, you know, can they be impinged? Yeah, yeah. Right. So if um, when we're move with, with all the joints, you know, there is when we're moving the, the joint, you're moving the, the limb. Um, there's a bunch of structures that end up going, you know, that are just above the joint. So if you look at the shoulder, just above the shoulder joint, there's kind of a, a, a tunnel where a wide variety of structures go through, and one of them ends up being, you know, the rotator cuff. Now, with injury or even with, like, poor posture, that tunnel, the space of the tunnel can decrease. And if that space decreases, when I move my arm, let's say, out to the side or out front, things can get pinched in that tunnel because that space is decreased. And that would end up being shoulder impingement. So they would end up having, uh, you know, pain and sensitivity when they move their arm out to the side or out to the front. Right. Yeah, and, and I've, I've seen that a lot over the years, especially when I was still working as a personal fitness trainer. Um, in particular, you could always tell when somebody was doing some form of exercise, you know, if you were in the gym, for instance, and you would see them try to work through it, and you would see that shoulder, you know, raise up near their ear because they mm -hmm. didn't really want to lift the arm. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't want to raise the arm. And um, what, what? I guess before we go into the third, the third, you know, most common type of shoulder uh, injury or issue, um, what is you know? Obviously, you just described the pinching that's happening there. Uh, what do you feel is the biggest cause of that? Of you the know, of the pinching for shoulder impin impingement. Right. Yeah. I mean, the biggest cause. I mean, I would say it's two. The number one would be the individual's posture. Right. So if if we're in the nice position like mom taught us or told us, you know, shoulders back and nice and tall, the shoulders in a nice good position, that tunnel ends up having lots of room. But when you start bringing your shoulders forward, that space in the tunnel decreases and that ends up, you know, increasing the risk of um, impingement in the shoulder. And then secondly is a lot of times when it comes to pain in the shoulder or an injury in the shoulder, that third muscle group will turn off. So those, those muscles around the scapula will oftentimes turn off because of the pain, and that ends up shifting more work onto the rotator cuff. Right, yep. And actually one of the things I wanted to add is uh, you had mentioned posture and how poor posture can decrease that space you know, that's available for, for the muscles to go through and, you know, create, you know, uh, 
less space and therefore more likely to get pinched every time you're lifting your arms. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I just wanted to mention is because a lot of people don't make this connection. You know, you and I probably do automatically, but a lot of people don't, and that is that your posture is in large part dictated by muscle imbalances. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, when they hear the word posture, they, they assume, oh, how, how am I standing or maybe how am I sitting right now, mm-hmm. which is part of it. But uh, to me, a, a bigger piece is the muscle imbalances because you can temporarily stand up tall or sit up straight, mm-hmm. but 15 minutes later, I guarantee you're going to forget and you'll be back in the, the natural position based on your, 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 your muscle imbalances. So would you just you know, touch on that maybe for a second? I mean, muscle imbalances end up being a, a key part when it comes to like impingement and a lot of the shoulder conditions. If you kind of look at the shoulder, a lot of times, you know, the muscles in the front, like in the chest area, will, you know, shorten up or be way too strong compared to the muscles in the back of the shoulder, which will end up being uh, long and weak. And that ends up cha- that ends up creating a muscle imbalance in the shoulder so that your shoulders end up being pulled forward. And because of that muscle imbalance, it increases your risk of injury. It can make the injury uh, worse, and especially in all three of those that I've kind of talked about, you know, the rotator cuff um, and impingement and instability in that shoulder. Yeah, so definitely. And then the third thing, or the second thing is, like I was saying, with the muscles, the, those scapular muscles, a lot of times they'll end up turning off, so they'll end up lacking the activation, endurance, and strength. And what ends up happening is there ends up being a muscle imbalance between the rotator cuff and those scapular muscles. So the rotator cuff has to pick up the slack for those scapular muscles because they're not working properly because they've been uh, inhibited because of pain and the injury. Right, okay, great. Now uh let's and we're gonna come back to these and cover these a bit more in detail in you know in the next section, but uh let's go ahead and move on to the third type the third type of uh shoulder injury or issue. Okay. And so instability and this one's not really highlighted very much and but it ends up being a big problem, especially if you've kind of injured it before if you injured your shoulder before, had a fall on your shoulder or let's say you played sports that involved a lot of flexibility in the shoulder, it's a good chance that it'll end up leading to shoulder instability. And what that is, is just there's excess movement in the shoulder. So that shoulder can it ends up moving too much forward, too much back, too much down. And what that ends up doing is it ends up putting too, a lot of load on that rotator cuff because it has to work overtime and extra hard in order to stabilize that shoulder joint. And because of that excess movement, you end up having pain and it ends up turning off those scapular muscles. So you're you're having two of the muscle groups doing the work of three. Right. Now um, here's a question that I that I like to ask, you know, in this situation is is it possible to have more than one of these things going on? So you can have two or three of these all at once? A lot of times, yes, you can have two or three of them uh, occurring. Uh, they oftentimes will end up building on each other. So, for example, let's say you might have you might initially end up having shoulder instability, so that sl- excess movement in the shoulder 
you know, that excess movement can end up leading to, you know, additionally leading to shoulder impingement because with too much movement in that shoulder, it's a good chance you're going to decrease that tunnel and increase, you know, any pinching occurring in that tunnel. And then thirdly, a lot of times what ends up getting pinched in that tunnel ends up being the rotator cuff. So in, in some ways that you can end up having all three because things have kind of progressed further and further, and mm-hmm. if nothing's really done about them, then you end up having all three of them. Yeah, and the reason I brought that up is because I, re- I recall seeing that a lot when I was working with individual clients. Um, and one of the things I noticed, and you, you, had said, you had said this earlier, a lot of people when they will work to rehabilitate a shoulder injury, it's typically focused on the shoulder muscles, you know the the deltoid muscles, like you said, which which are seldom the you know the actual problem, and so you know the person will go to physical therapy, and the therapist you know doing the best with what they know uh, will have them do all these ba- very basic shoulder exercises, which you know may or may not help depending upon the person's situation. Uh, when in actuality, what they need to be focusing on is more of what we've talked about so far. That you know identifying and addressing the muscle imbalances in, in the area to get their shoulder into the more optimal or normal position, the shoulder joint, and then uh, addressing, like you had mentioned earlier, the scapular muscles, which you know, are often not, not a part of traditional therapy for a shoulder problem. I, I, I completely agree. A lot of times what the focus ends up being is strength. So like, okay, strength, I got a weak shoulder, let's just strengthen it. Right. And that it's kind of right, but it's mainly wrong because a lot of times looking at what I've, we've kind of chatted about here is you, you end up having good strength with the muscles that you see. It's mm-hmm. the muscles underneath, like the muscles around the shoulder blade, the muscles, the rotator cuff muscles. They might be a little bit weak, but a lot of times what the issue is is they end up lacking the activation, so waking that muscle up. They end up lacking the endurance, so being on for a long period of time, and those tend to be the ones that need to be focused in on as opposed to just getting stronger. And that, you know, not focusing or not even addressing the activation, waking that muscle up or endurance, having that muscle work for a long period of time, uh, it doesn't really help you overcome that injury. It's some, that's a muscle imbalance that you need to address. Yeah, so actually, so it's... it's to kind of summarize, it sounds like the, the solution is is really three things: focus on the imbalances, getting the positioning right, yes. you know, so there's not decreased space and there's not too much flexibility in the joint. So it go, go, again, going both ways, mm-hmm. um, get it, so getting the, the positioning right of the joint, then making sure the muscles are, are being activated and you're not using just the, the main movers or primary movers. Um, and then also, like you said, having the endurance. Yes. In those in those smaller muscles that are are really required, you know, for the joint to function, you know, properly. Definitely yes. Okay, cool. All right, so let's kind of come back to the beginning now. So with, we've got these three. We've got a good understanding of these three types of issues. Again, it's it's very common that you've got multiple things going on at least two, maybe even all three scenarios happening. So let's say you've got, you know, the first one, you've got some, um, uh, what was the word you used to describe the 
that first the first issue or the first scenario with the rotator cuff uh yeah so just yeah just rotator cuff um but you had i can't remember the word you used to describe it but just i guess it was a, an injury or an irritation mhm mhm so i mean a lot of times with the rotator cuff you know some people it'll be related to some sort of you know, some sort of trauma like an accident or a fall, but a lot of times it tends to be progressive in nature right. that um, the rotator cuff ends up being overworked. So if you've got a muscle imbalance in the shoulders, so, so for example, if your shoulder is rolled forward or shoulders elevated up, that ends up putting more load on the rotator cuff and takes the load off of those scapular muscles, so that third muscle group. So now your rotator cuff muscles are working harder and harder to pick up the slack from that third group, and eventually they just can't handle it. They can't take it anymore, so they get they get worn out and they get tired, and then they end up getting injured. All right. So let let's say that that you know somebody's got that going on. That's their situation. Um, what what you know, what would be your recommended actions? How does now, somebody go about fixing it? Like. I mean, the, a lot of times what the mistake people will make is they'll focus on that strengthening. So they'll make it stronger and it'll, it'll get better. And usually that ends up being a temporary solution because a lot of times with strength, it is, uh, you're, it's for right now. You're using that joint right now. But what's more important is the endurance side of things. So what I end up doing, which is a little it's a fair bit different than most people, is I'll end up focusing more on those scapular muscles, the muscles around the scapula, because if only two of the muscle groups are doing all the work when it comes to the shoulder and the third one is slacking, I mean, it's going to help if I can wake up though that third muscle group, the scapular muscles, and get them doing their proper job in order to take off that load and stress on the rotator cuff. Right, okay. And um now being that the shoulder is semi complicated joint, you know, how how possible do you feel it is for somebody to work on this on their own? This, it's, you know, it's it's easy and simple for people to work on it on their own. Okay, yep. That that was that was my feeling. It's much like what we teach people about, you know, uh, fixing, you know, fixing you know, and recovering from back issues. Uh, it seems like once you have a, a good understanding of what's going on, you know, what what are the underlying causes? Again, in this case, understanding you know how how the joint works, which is again, like I said, it's it seems complicated at first if you're if you have no knowledge about the body or or joints and muscles and all that. But once you get the basic understanding, it seems like it's something that you can work on again every day because it's it's not an issue of like oh you know this happened uh i've got to now have this medicine or this injection uh a steroid injection it's mm -hmm. m most most of the time it is like you said a progressive uh issue that's come about from you know muscle imbalances in large part and overuse and other things like that so that that that's a good thing in a way because it means it's something you could progressively reverse Yes, I, I, a lot, and I kind of mentioned the mistake that a lot of people make is they'll think I just need to get it stronger. I need to get it stronger. They go on the internet and wander around. And it's all these strengthening, strengthening exercise, and yeah, that helps, but it's not the solution. You, you, 
you have to step back and work on those scapular muscles. That ends right. up being, you know, the, the foundation to things, to taking okay. the stress off the rotator cuff, opening up that tunnel, um, and helping tighten up that joint, uh, tightening up the shoulder joint. Now, um, it sounds like that, that the solution for the impingement, you know, where the rotator cuff muscle is being impinged in, in the joint, which is really, is it fair to explain the impingement as uh, just a, a more advanced case of the first scenario? Yes. Okay, so yes. the first scenario, you've got some irritation in, in the rotator cuff. In the second scenario, you've got irritation due to impingement. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're kind of they're semi kind of connected there. Mm-hmm. And um so the is the solution or the recommendation the same for that scenario if you have rotator cuff impingement? Um, it would be end up being very similar to how I would end up approaching it. I mean I would end up looking at working on those scapular muscles to start off with, working on activation, waking them up, working on the endurance and all that stuff that I'm talking about, it, it relates to muscle imbalances because what we're looking at is, you know, the rotator cuff and those superficial, the muscles that we can see, are doing all the work. So you, so you have an imbalance between those first two muscles and the third muscle. So I would end up focusing on that muscle imbalance in order to address those scapular muscles. Okay, great. And now how about um, the third scenario where there's too much flexibility in the joint. Um, it seems that that you know, will probably in- involve some of the same types of exercises, but is the approach uh, different? It's a, little, it's a little bit different. And let me just kind of step back and just say something also with the, uh, the shoulder impingement. A, a little bit more focus ends up being done with the shoulder impingement when it comes to the muscle imbalance in the shoulder. A lot of times, the muscles in the front of the shoulder tend to be short and tight, while the muscles in the back of the shoulder tend to be long and weak. So a lot of times with the shoulder impingement, that ends up being a little bit, you need to focus in on addressing that muscle imbalance a little bit more. Now looking at the third scenario, that instability, kind of this, I call it sloppy shoulder, too much movement in the shoulder. With that one, you end up focus, focusing a little bit more when it comes to strengthening of the shoulder. Okay. Now, it kind of contradicts everything that I've said, but what, if we looked at what we talked about right at the start of this uh, talk was the rotator cuff ends up kind of tightening up that uh, shoulder joint. So if we end up having a little bit sloppiness or a little bit too much movement in the shoulder joint, we kind of need to focus a little bit more on the strengthening side of the rotator cuff to kind of tighten it up, right. but I still focus a lot on those scapular muscles as well. These are tends to be an imbalance between that third group of muscles with group one and two. Right. It, I mean, it's safe to say, I mean, or would you say it's safe to say that just about everybody, 95, 99% of the population, um, would benefit from and probably needs to be focusing on strengthening the scapular muscles? I, I, I would see I would see ninety percent. Right, we could probably eliminate uh, shoulder pain by just doing that. Right, exactly, and that's the reason I, I wanted to I wanted to ask that question and bring that up is because a lot of people, as always, they want the miracle cure. You know, they want the quick fix, either in a pill or an injection, 
and they don't want to do the work uh, and or they dismiss the work as, you know, the work approach as not effect. Oh, if that really worked so great, you know, my doctor would know about it. I mean, it's the type of thing we hear from people all the time. I mean, it's so... The human body is just so complicated and it's impossible... It's impossibly an expert in everything, and and it's kind of looking back at my, you know, what I was saying about myself. I mean, the part that I loved is the exercise part and how it can help with injuries. So that's all I do is live and breathe. Right. That I I don't spend my time learning the new drug that's out there or learning this new technique to. I don't spend my time looking for different tests to test if this is working or that working. I'm not look. I'm not trying to figure out how to analyze new lab results. All I end up doing is the exercise side of things. So that's what I end up, you know, reading about and practicing. So you end up being an expert in that area. And we can't, it's impossible to think that anyone out there is an expert in every single area out there. It's, it's, it's way right. too much information and it's impossible. Right. No, yeah, I agree. And And it seems to me that the place to start is with the exercises because that's the, you know, again, you're addressing the cause. The, the cause of the shoulder issue you know, again, in 90-plus percent of the cases is a muscle imbalance issue. Yes. And it doesn't make sense to go do some other treatment without first doing this or combining it with this at the very least. At the very least, combining it. Because, I mean, there is some benefit, excuse me, sorry, some benefit from, you know, getting some treatment when it comes to addressing some inflammation. Sure, of course. Yeah. But you know, beside that, I mean, that after that's addressed, you, you need to kind, you need the muscles, and you need to address that muscular imbalance that occurs in that shoulder joint in order to get rid of that injury and get rid of that pain. Yeah, and I was just going to say, here's a good analogy: you could address the muscle imbalances with the corrective exercises and eliminate the source of the inflammation, or you could forget the exercises because they're work, and I don't want to spend the five ten minutes every day. Um, and keep the inflammation around, and I'll just keep trying to douse the fire. You know, yes. I mean, that's the, the way. If you look at it that way, you'll say, "Oh, geez, yeah, I, I really need to. I really need to address this because this is this is one of the big causes." And like you said, you can symptomatically uh, do treatments to reduce pain. You know, so you know, rub on relief uh, types of pain creams, things like that, um, other an- anti-inflammatories, and maybe. You know, uh, even a medication if necessary, but those things are again symptoms-based. They're not going to do anything to correct what's going on inside the joint. Um, if you want to, if you want to correct that, you've got to address it. Um, exactly. All right. So, um, mm-hmm. what would you um, recommend? You know, what, do you have any resources that people you know can uh, learn more about? Let's say somebody listening has a shoulder issue and they want to. Take what we've talked, you know, talked about today, and, and kind of, you know, move forward with it. You know, do you have any recommended resources uh, for people? Um, I, I, I've done a lot of reading and research, and there aren't very many. There aren't really any good resources out there. I mean, I would recommend. Uh, I mean, I run a, I run an active blog when it comes to injuries. And I strongly focus on the shoulder side of things. Uh, it's called exercisesforinjuries.com. If you just type in my name into, into Google, you'll end up seeing the blog right away. And there I end up doing a fair bit of you know, writing 
and videos when it relates to the shoulder and relates to addressing muscular imbalances when it comes to shoulder joint, shoulder joint pain. And they're, they're looking at what I've talked a lot about, those scapular muscles, I do have a program that I give people, the majority of people when it comes to when they have shoulder pain, it's called uh, Scapular Exercises Program. And you can, you can see it at my blog. And the, the key thing is, is a lot of times with these exercises, people will get them and they're like, well, they don't give me that burn. They're not really hard. They don't right. look that tough. And, and that's the whole point. I mean, what we're trying to do is wake up the muscles that aren't working, trying to build the endurance of those muscles. And a lot of times it can be done in like three to five minutes a day. It's not a 45-minute full-blown exercise program. It's just simple things that they can do at home in order to kind of work on that number one problem that most people have in the in the shoulder. And then depending on the condition, there's a little bit more of this and a little less of that. And we've kind of talked about a bunch of that. So if people are interested in getting more information on what they can do about their shoulder pain and shoulder joint, they can visit my blog exercisesforinjuries.com I got a, two really good audios about uh, shoulder injuries that they can listen to a little bit more information on how the shoulder should work uh, some tips and tricks when it comes to exercising with a shoulder injury and then there's tons of blog posts and video about uh, shoulder pain great well good and I, I will say that since I uh, since you and I connected a while back I've actually been reading quite a bit on your site um, on, on your blog, that is. So uh, they're very, very informative. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, well, any uh, any last words? Anything that we we didn't cover and should have? Um, I mean, the last word that I would probably say is, I mean, you don't have to live with shoulder pain. There's lots that you can end up doing about your shoulder pain. A lot of people deal with their shoulder pain by not moving their shoulder or doing anything. There's lots of simple things simple exercises that you can do to address muscle imbalances and a lot of times it tends to be those scapular muscles that can help you overcome the pain and overcome uh, your shoulder injury so you can kind of get back to doing what you enjoy so I, yeah great that's great i'm glad you i'm glad you mentioned that it's something that we often talk about a lot but uh, i think deserves repeating always and that's don't make that mistake of trying to ignore the problem and hope it goes away, or, and then once it goes away, you get back, you know, into your normal routine. It, when you do that, it always comes back, and we find that it often comes back worse than it did the first time. Yes. <laughs> and what you, what you don't want is uh, it to turn into a chronic condition, where, like you said, you, you know, it, you've always got the pain. You you know, you you use it, the shoulder less and less as time goes by, and then next thing you know, you've got a frozen shoulder. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I recall seeing a lot of that too when I was working as a personal trainer. We see it more now, again, with people in you know more with the backs, but it's the same thing. And that's what that's the one thing a lot of people don't realize is muscle imbalances are throughout the body. And so what we've talked about today, you know, again, is specific to the shoulder, but the same concepts that we've talked about apply to any anywhere in the body. Whether it's the foot, you've got you know different foot foot issues, you've got knee pain, hip pain, back pain, shoulder, neck, you know, hand, even in the hands, you know, again, I, I always hear people say, oh, my arthritis is so bad, 
And uh, I kind of cringe because I know a lot of that pain they're experiencing is just from the muscle imbalances in the hand. You know, they, they've never done any exercises to or stretches to loosen the tight muscles on the underside of the hand. They've never done anything to strengthen the muscles on the top side of the hand. And it's such a simple little thing, literally two minutes a day, and it would relieve a lot of their discomfort. But, again, they're, they're using the, uh, the diagnosis of arthritis. And, and they may, in fact, have arthritis, but... I guarantee a lot of the discomfort can be eliminated with just addressing the imbalances, muscle imbalances. Definitely. So, all right. Well, well, Rick, thanks again. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to chat with me today. Very informative. Yeah, and, I mean, thank uh, again, you if, for giving me the opportunity to share the information. Oh, yeah, and if anybody would like to learn more, again, I recommend you check out Rick's website, exercisesforinjuries.com. Thanks again for listening.